classical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, that is right. Welcome, everybody, to the Saturday Night Network here live late on Saturday, right after the Megan the Stallion double duty episode of Saturday Night Live. My name is John from the Saturday Night Network. So excited to be with you on this Saturday night as we are every Saturday night to break down the episode immediately after it airs with our hot takes and comments on every sketch that we saw tonight. We have a wonderful panel joining us for week number three, some voices we have not heard yet throughout season 48 and we also have our friends in the chat and we want to get your comments throughout the night as well and we will bring them up on screen but let me introduce the panel we have with us tonight for week number three and first up it is the man the myth the legend it is tj randolph tj back with us for year number three how are you I'm I'm feeling blessed, but I can highly favor. I love that you call me the myth. I mean, what if I wasn't real? That'd be crazy. I'm I'm feeling very glad to be on it. I'm feeling so glad that tonight is I get to talk about booty and it's actually relevant to like the discussion of a podcast for once. It's not a non sequitur. And also, I'm sorry that I messed up the scheduling and that there are no female panelists for this episode but thank god for the round table <laughs> we have a couple, so, a couple yeah, coming on the yeah. round table on monday so. where amanda and gabby hell even nicole or rebecca when you need them um but <laughs> yeah we got morgan so, and gabby on the round table on monday so we'll hear from them as well uh with, thank god you, but yes <laughs> but yeah really a heavy female-centric night which we'll talk about throughout the different sketches throughout the night but of course we have to introduce our other panelists with us tonight and joining us for the second year on the podcast it is the wonderful air conway himself and Anthony Conway. Anthony, how are you? Thank you, John. John, I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a great day out here in LA. The weather was kind of wonky, but we got a little bit of rain, which was nice. It happens like once a season, um, so it cooled things off a little bit. I have absolutely no complaints whatsoever right now, man. All right, all right. He went for the weather talk. That's what he did, TJ. <laughs> absolutely, I did. Oh, what was it, 67 degrees in LA? Is that bad weather? It was actually um, 65 exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. So uh, very, you know, like it looked different episode that we had. I think every week has felt different so far this season. It had its own feel to it. Everyone, every episode seems to really match the vibe of the host, which is sort of what you want from SNL. It's the way it was designed. So tonight was really Megan the Stallion centric in terms of the tone of the night, in terms of the sketches that we got. And we're going to dive into all of them. But first, TJ, I'd like to know from you what your hot take is from tonight, you know, Monday morning, open up the newspaper. What is people, what are people saying about this episode of Saturday Night Live? When we saw Miles Teller host, he was there and kind of just basically helping us along with the first episode. When we had Brendan Gleason, it was kind of still, he, he was definitely more featured, but eh. this is one of those episodes that has the imprint like a, like a Sadiqus episode, but you know, this, this obviously Megan's not SNL alumni, but it has the imprint of the host and the DNA of them weave through the episode. Doing things like Hot Girl Hospital like, or Booty Workout are like definitely, like as somebody who listens to Megan's music and really enjoys it, like it's very much in the DNA of who she is as opposed to kind of just felt like another night of SNL, which I thought was great because it added like personality and like perspective to it. It, it's kind of like the opposite of like one of the Trump episodes where like Trump's DNA is in like the entire thing, but this time it's actually bearable and like it's it's I don't know it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really positive energy. Yeah, DNA, not not NDA, like Megan sang tonight. So uh, yeah, it will be interesting to talk about how that worked out throughout the entire episode. Anthony, what is your hot take for the night episode number three? 
Uh, hot take for the night. Uh, this felt very much Meg the Stallion TM throughout. It felt like, you know, like the writers put their stamp on kind of everything that was happening with like, you know, as much Meg, as much Meg the Stallionisms as possible. I think that, Facts. yeah, the hot take for me <laughs> is that, you know, if you're a Meg the Stallion fan, this is going to be a thousand percent for you. And if not, it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. That is Can very I true. I think, of course. Yeah. Like, let's get your other take. Yeah. My, my, I forgot, like, the hot take should be, like, a hot take is, like, flat booties got visibility that they don't get, which I may not be, you know, I'm not, I may not be a big of a supporter, but I'm happy that their movement has a representative, too, that the flat booty movement had representatives today. Episode. So that's that's the that's the hot take. Are you a supporter of that movement, TJ? Absolutely not. Uh, no, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, I am, I am a big Somebody booty supporter all day. Hey, I mean, maybe one of the, maybe one of the commenters. He's like a flat booty supporter. <laughs> all right, let us know, know when but... we get to that sketch. Um, <laughs> all right, well, look, my my headline from the night, really, the hot take is is basically, you know, sort of like we brought up, I really felt like this wasn't a very important night for the women of SNL. You know, like Megan, she did, she did a great job. It was Megan's episode. But really, like, we were waiting to see going into the season how the women of SNL would take that next step when a lot of the big name players, plus Cecily not being there, left. I think this was a great episode to start to showcase different pairings that we got throughout the night, including the pairing of we got Chloe and Sarah in the cold open. We got some we got like a lot of Heidi and Chloe, uh, both on Weekend Update and in that flat booty sketch. So or or however we're going to refer to it. So I think like... You know, that was very exciting to see. Obviously, Ego and Punky did a lot with Megan tonight. I think that the women of SNL had a great night. So I think that this is going to be the episode that we're going to really dive into the women of SNL throughout the week. So I'm looking forward to all of that. Okay, let's start things off with our cold open from tonight. And chat, will get your thoughts as well. And we'll bring them up on screen as we go. So let's talk about this cold open. And this is, we open up on a very classic SNL thing to do. We open up on C-SPAN, January 6th this time. And we have Keenan as Representative Thompson, is it? Or uh, yeah, Benny Thompson, or one of those. Uh, I don't know, remember all the politicians' names. But we got Michael Longfellow here. We got Andrew Dismukes. We got Heidi Gardner. We have Mikey Day. We have Chloe Feynman, Sarah Sherman, J.A.J., all eight of them in the cold open this time playing different politicians. And we'll go through them as we talk about it. But basically, you know, different political impressions. For me, I have to say my standout part was the Chloe and Sarah stuff. I'd love to get to talk to the two of you about how you feel about what you saw from the C-SPAN cold open. TJ, let me start with you. You know, I'm uh, I mean, I'm going to agree with you, John. Like you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. The uh, Chloe and Sarah piece was the I feel like the strongest piece because the minute you see C-SPAN in an SNL sketch, I don't know about you, but I just get flashbacks to 2016 to 2020 of just like, oh, God, here we go. But that kind of changed the energy. I don't know if it was also just the fact that, like, they changed the camera angle and there's more. I don't know, maybe somebody who's like knows like film technology terminology could understand this more, but there's the shape, the camera was like shaking more and there was like a more frantic energy to like them being in the bunker. Like I thought that was really cool. Otherwise it was kind of mid, although the Liz Cheney, Heidi stuff, like my dad is Dick Cheney. That did, that did get me. Uh, I thought that was really funny. Anthony, how'd you feel about the cold open? What we saw tonight? I thought it was okay. I thought that there were a lot of really great highlights throughout. I thought that Heidi had a lot of great moments. You know, I chuckled a little bit throughout. I loved Sarah Sherman's Chuck Schumer. I thought that that was absolutely fantastic. But I was over the sketch before it ended, you know? I'm watching it. I'm enjoying it. But there's just nothing that's really, like, pulling me into it. It 
had its moments throughout, but I was at that point, I think like halfway into it after we got our uh, Chuck Schumer impersonation where I was kind of just ready for the, for the uh, opening monologue. Yeah, I think this is an example of a sketch that, like I was talking about with my headline, about talking about how the new women of SNL are going to work throughout season 48. We saw a lot of uh, takeovers of impressions in this sketch. So when it came to Adam Schiff, this was an impression that was done by Alex Moffat previously. Now it's Michael Longfellow. Heidi plays Liz Cheney in this with Big Dick Cheney energy. Previously, this was uh, Cecily Strong during the Simu Liu episode last season, and Kate also did this once during Keegan-Michael Key. Obviously, Chloe, as Nancy Pelosi, takes over for Kate doing this six times. Kristen Wiig did it 12 times, Amy Poehler once, and Cameron Diaz once. But, you know, Nancy Pelosi uh, now goes to Chloe Feynman. Chuck Schumer takes uh, Sarah Sherman takes over for Alex Moffat, who did this six times. And Fred Armisen also did this once. So for me, this is what I was looking at that was fascinating was basically they had this, you know, thing that we sort of, you know, I see in the chat, people feel like this was something that they had to cover in some sense. It's the biggest story in the country this week, I think our friend Bill said in the chat. And I agree. But you know, it's funny that you know, when you think about from a production level is like, how does SNL then choose to give out all the roles with this? And I would love to know from the two of you, if you think that some of the roles and some of the impressions actually worked in this sketch or not, because these were all new ones that we hadn't seen before. So TJ, let me ask you, did you enjoy some of the impressions you got to see in the cold open? The only thing is I'm thinking, I, I agree with what Anthony said, but I hate repeating stuff. So other, no, other than when I said it about like Sarah, Chloe, and Heidi, no. So I guess half and half, but like I can't like add more to like it has already been stated. Okay, that's fair. Anthony, anything else on any of the impressions that really stand out to you as far as some of the decisions that were made to give them to some of these people? Which which ones worked, which ones didn't? You know, again, like the ones that I named, I think were super super solid. But it's it's funny as you mentioned the guys tonight uh none of them really jump out as anything that i was like you know quoting thinking about really chuckling at kind of as it happened i only wrote down the three ladies that we discussed earlier yeah i agree i really think that i th this sketch for me wasn't fantastic like the previous two cold opens that we got but i really felt like the parts with chloe Feynman and sarah sherman were awesome and heidi was really great in this as well but the cuts to chloe and sarah i almost wish wish that was the whole sketch i wish there was just a part where they could have gone back in time to see chloe and sarah play pelosi and schumer back during the january six days because i think that some you know going to all the different people may have taken away from it a little bit so because i i think there was a lot there especially with the whole sandwich stuff and getting the mustard on the wall I, I think like you know that type of thing really worked for me so yeah there was some parts here that I did enjoy but I have to say out of the three cold opens that we got I think the first two weeks were very very strong and the third one was probably less so all right let's bring in Megan the stallion coming in and uh she has a lot of nicknames so Tina Snow hot girl coach she mentions she talks about her experience graduating with a bachelor of science in health administration from Texas Southern University and some other things that she has accomplished throughout her career so Anthony how did you enjoy Megan the stallion's monologue um I I like Meg the stallion first and foremost you know I feel like how can you not be a fan of Meg the stallion like you know she's though incredible personality great music all of those things this felt very branded as like, you know, Meg Thee Stallion is doing the SNL monologue, but there weren't a lot of moments in there that, you know, I'm going to be talking about after tonight for real, for real. And I also was surprised that we didn't get any cast members popping that throughout. I thought that at least one or two people might make a quick cameo or something. Um, you know, it was fine. It was Meg Thee Stallion doing the job and reading like, you know, like doing the cue cards, hitting all the beats, but nothing really lifted off the page beyond that. 
Okay, that's fair. And TJ, did anything left off the page for you with the monologue? I was so upset that like I just didn't like this. Granted, it's not the worst monologue of the season. Brendan Gleeson has that by a mile. Okay. But like, and it's only been three monologues this season. But like, this, I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. And I had a difficulty separating my Meg fandom, like enjoying the past couple of projects she's done. I haven't listened to Tramazine, but I listened to what is it, Good News and Sugar. The, the stuff she did over the pandemic, I really like those projects. So, but the thing I've had a problem with separating Meg is like a criticism that like I feel like is legitimate one of, of her fans, which is that like Meg is a confident person. She's clearly very capable. There's a lot of really things to like about her. But bro, like we get it. Like you're hot. Like, like I, I get it. Like you are a great rapper. And I just would love to hear you rap about like additional things. I want to hear like additional perspectives that like Meg has but everything is like co- like confidence and like hotness, which is like weird because I'm like, take Lizzo, for example. She is like a lot of confidence and whatnot. But like Lizzo's songs have a lot of variety in the way that they kind of do things. Whereas Meg's, while the music is fantastic and there's a lot of great energy there, sometimes it kind of hits the same note. And this monologue felt like I was listening to her do a spoken word version of one of her songs. Except I have wondered where did the hottie sauce go because I had had that from Popeye's and it was good, even though it pretty much is just sweet and sour sauce. So like that part for me, I was I was glad she addressed the nation with what was very important. Me, a brother wondering, you know, where the fried chicken sauce had gone. Uh, that was honestly a really funny call out because I remember going to Popeye's specifically to try that sauce. Um, but I just this was one of the weakest moments of the night for me. And to be honest, my second hot take is that the first 30 minutes, well, basically the first 30 of the episode was for me, like as a chunk, like really dragged down but i it was not like that the entire episode but this did not help the momentum for me i i think it's i just and i this is my fault i wanted to see that more personal stories that we've seen from like kieran Culkin or miles teller like i was like oh with meg maybe we'll get that like maybe finally like because she's not rapping i will hear meg be personal she's not rapping she's not acting i want to hear like some personal stuff but I get that also personally. She's just a very confident person and that's cool. And that's good. I, I don't know. Like she did a song about anxiety. I guess I want to hear about that, but like she did get personal because she talked about like her college thing. I thought that was really cool. So maybe I just didn't take to it in the way that I should have, but I did think the college thing was really good. And she did have things to say. I think maybe I'm expecting something out of the performer that is more of what I want rather than what she is doing. And that's me putting kind of expectations on her that I shouldn't. So if I understand correctly, as a Megan the Stallion fan, do you wish you would have learned something about her life that you didn't already know from this monologue? Because even as someone, and I'm not saying I'm not a fan of Megan the Stallion, but I'm just not. You cannot be, it's fine. No, I, I have not, like, I have no negative feelings towards Megan the Stallion. I just, like, don't, like, I just don't know her that well. So for me, like, she did I did what, bro? She well, did what? I know, I know her. Who I know doesn't know who, who Megan is. the Stallion is? No, no, no. Okay, okay. Let me say, I know who she is, but I'm saying, like, I don't, like, I'm not, like, the biggest fan, so I don't know everything about her. So, in this case, I actually learned some things about her. But, TJ, did you, because you already knew a lot of stuff about her, do you feel like there was more to be learned? And, and that's where I realized, like, even through my own talking, I was completely forgetting the thing that we did learn something about her, which was, like, as somebody who just graduated college and took, like, six years to work on my bachelor's, like, I actually thought that was really inspiring. And I was like, that was really cool that she, like, finish a degree while having an incredibly successful career and being one of the hardest working entertainers, like hardest working, like fresh entertainers, like right now. So, you know what? I did learn something personal about her and maybe I just kind of let like the, 
I don't know. I, I don't know why I didn't like, but we did. Like I learned something about Meg that I didn't know. I think I just, I don't know. Like I just, I want to know. Like, hey, like, do do you also deal with tough stuff too, Meg? Like, you know, do you? Yeah, I'll, get stressed I, I get out that. sometimes too. You know, I don't know. But like, you're right. I I did learn something personal, and me, I, I guess I should have just been more appreciative of that. But for some reason, it it, it just didn't stick. Uh, yeah. With me as well. I, I, can I just say, like, uh, look, I don't need everybody to like talk about all the personal stuff that, that's going on with them, but I, I did sort of expect What's your that trauma? a little bit. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I did, I did sort of expect it a, a little bit with this because there was like this crazy news that came out about how she got like robbed yesterday or two days ago or something, and like a lot of her stuff got stolen. So I think that like I sort of expected that to be addressed potentially, but people yeah. need to stop disrespecting Meg Stein. She's out here twerking with superheroes. And entertaining the world and giving people confidence and doing awesome, awesome things. Tory Lanes and whoever robbed her, like people have just been dis- sorry for uh, for the white listeners who don't know. Uh, there was a rapper by the name of Tory Lanes that shot Megan Thee Stallion or allegedly shot Megan Thee Stallion a year or two ago, and it's uh, been like an ongoing. I think it's like still. I think I might go to trial. I don't know, but that was like an okay. ongoing thing. Yeah, so that was, that was uh, not brought people- up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well no clearly it wasn't but like basically people need to stop disrespecting her because she's i don't know she's doing her own thing and she's having a good time doing it yeah shot girl summer let's talk about hot girl hospital uh speaking of getting shot uh hospitals uh so we have the we have hot girl hospital here where we have megan and ego and punky all working together at the hospital so there's a hot girl hospital not gen z hospital uh we get different people rolling in like marcello and jaj devin brings in his pregnant wife sarah mikey day is a doctor Uh, chloe comes in looking for janelle at some point we have michael looking for his wife who is heidi so basically this the premise is uh three women who will answer the call say something rude and then hang up so anthony what'd you think of hot girl hospital i thought this one felt when I said, like, you know, earlier, like, the show kind of felt like Meg Thee Stallion TM, like, they really, like, wrote for it. This one felt very much like we laid out the red carpet for Meg Thee Stallion. Like, this is the type of sketch that, like, you expect her to be in. I loved Heidi's Just Let My Basic Ass Die line. There were a lot of really great moments throughout. And I also loved that from Jump, we got to see the combo of her, Punky, and uh, Ego together. That was just really, really fun. I enjoyed the sketch. You know, I thought that it just hit all the points. It hit all the marks. Yeah, this one was fine. TJ, how do you feel about this uh, this hot girl hospital? God, God, I hope you don't get canceled. I I was a little like, okay, so like this is a Meg thing. Cool. But the minute like Heidi Gardner rolled in on a stretcher, (laughs) there was just a couple of lines that like I thought like really Whenever like Heidi is screamed at the top of, top of her lungs, just let my basic ass die with like all like I don't know all the, like the drama- like that great Heidi like comedic dramatic energy that she's fantastic at doing. I thought was was oh my god, this, this sketch cracks me up. Um, oh, also I really love the the comment it was like I don't feel comfortable reviewing this as a white guy, and he just gives it five stars <laughs> like that energy. I don't know why that killed me. I was wondering how I could work that in here, but yeah. <laughs> the sketch, like, it, the sketch rollercoastered me, like, a, a little bit, but, like, it was enough, like, wonderful, awesome perspective that I thought was, like, so funny. And also, I just really, like, you know, I just, like, good God, I love seeing Punky get some airtime. Thank God. So that also just made me happy uh, as well. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know about this sketch that happened. It was a recurring sketch that happened in the 2000s called Appalachian Emergency Room. And basically it was a sketch. Daryl Hammond was actually very involved in this sketch. Daryl Hammond and Amy Poehler and Seth Meyers was, it was one of his like only recurring characters where basically like they would roll in like a lot of different types of characters. And, and that one was recurring. Completely different vibe, but sort of reminded me in terms of sketch structure for our friends in the chat who would know Appalachian Emergency Room. Uh, that sort of reminded me of the Hot Girl Hospital sketch here. But yeah, go ahead, TJ. Apple Ash? Are you saying Appalachian? Is it Apple Appalachian Appalachian? Sorry. What, no, is, <laughs> is it, it, wait, if, no, if it's two words, then it, it's probably how you're saying it. But if it's the one word, I think yeah. it's Appalachian. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's, right, Apple, right, yeah, it's, it's Appalachian. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right, there you go. There you go. Perfect. And yeah, the other people in the chat said it's the same thing. So Appalachian ER, there you go. And yeah, that, that was a sketch that sort of like reminded me in terms of sketch structure, what we saw here. But yeah, I mean, I think that like my, my takeaway here is like, the sketch, I think, was a very solid sketch and really felt like a Megan sketch. Love seeing Punky Johnson, obviously. Having like Punky an opportunity to work with Ego and work with Megan in the sketch for me was like a really big deal. I think she was the one that was missing, you know, earlier on in the season so far. And I was just excited to, for what we got to see from her. And it was it was a really good night for Punky. So yeah, anything else on Hot Girl Hospital, guys? <laughs> I don't know. Also, I think the line mid as hell is just a great line as well. Just like, oh, she's mid as hell. Like, I don't know if that's SNL's first time using uh, the slang. Uh, mid, but I also just really appreciated seeing. I think it was JJ and Marcelo like run in and them them just kick them out because they don't do actual like medical work there. I don't know this sketch. I don't know the sketch was very silly and I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I will say my favorite part was Devin in this one with Sarah when they walk in and then he is like Dewan who's been in their DMs every day. That to me was like <laughs> that was, that was very funny. Like that that part to me was the that most was a solid. Sure. That was a that solid. Was good. That was really good. <laughs> Yeah, Devin had a fantastic night, uh, which we're going to get to in just a little bit. All right, let's talk about this next pre-tape, which uh, I have to say, I love this pre-tape uh, called We Got Brought. Uh, this is a sketch where we have Heidi Gardner, who brings Bo and Yang to the club. We have Devin, who brings Ego, and I believe we have Punky, who brings Megan. And then Bowen and Megan and Ego are all strangers who are left together, and they sit around, and they're trying to come up with things to talk about. And this is so funny to me because this is so real and it's something i'm just like how has this not been done before like just the brilliance of this and the what what are y'all's trauma there's just there was so much here and i love like megan just escaping the back exit um my favorite is obviously uh like i'm gonna go to the washroom it's like oh can i come with you no <laughs> like that that thing was absolutely great tj what do you think of we got brought I, I felt personally attacked because that what y'all trauma line, I haven't used that specific line, but like, I know for some reason I feel more comfortable when I know that other people are also like mentally ill, not, not like literally, but I feel like I, you know, bond with people when you learn like, oh God, you're a little broken too. Thank God. Um, and so like hearing your question like that, I was like, wow, that is, wow. I also, I have like, this is like a personal thing. I have a genuine hatred of being like a third or like an odd number wheel. And most of the time I won't hang out with like couples or people, unless I've known them for a very long time. Like if it's like a new couple, like, no, nah, you got to put some time in, you know, I need y'all to be married or something. But like most of the time I won't put like that time in because it's just maybe going to feel a little awkward. So like situations like this, where it's like, I can't like. I don't know. Sometimes I can like make a group like be like, hey guys, let's, I'll ask a weird question and like, what do you guys think about it? You know, um, but like this energy, uh, this felt personal. Like I, it was a it was a good cringe watch. Like it was a little like because it feels like oh I've, I've been here before. Ooh. But it, it was it was a good kind of cringe. 
Yeah, it sort of reminds me like I've been in uh, I've been at like house parties before where like I'm talking to somebody and then like I'm like gonna get up and like go like grab a drink or go talk to someone and then like the person's like, can I go with you or like can you not leave me? And then I'm like, and I've been in this situation before. And I'm like, why? And then they're like, because I don't know who else to talk to. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know. Okay, I know exactly what this is like. So uh, this reminded me a lot of that type of social situation. Anthony, how do you feel about we got brought? I enjoyed this one a lot. I love a good relatable digital sketch. Um, I love when we get Bowen in those type of sketches. I don't know why I feel like he's just the a really, really great navigator for these. He's a really, really great anchor for them. Nah, this one, I thought, again, like, you know, it was really funny. It was a really good use of Meg. And I like seeing uh, Ego and uh, Bowen kind of leave this one. That was, that was really funny. It was my first laugh of the night. Yeah, to me, this was the the definitely the best part in the first part of the night. And then we get this sketch, which, you know, I think, TJ, you may have brought this up earlier. So I have to ask you your opinion on it, because I would say I don't know that I fully got what they were going for, where we had we had Devin and I believe Megan were the son and the daughter of Keenan. I believe JJ and Molly were their significant others, if I understand correctly, in Mr. Reynolds' house where they were hanging out and they spot a deer outside the house. And then they're trying to point it out to Keenan or Mr. Reynolds, who's looking. He can't see the deer. All of a sudden, there's a bunny rabbit on the deer. He can't see that. Then the deer is at the window waving. Then the deer is in the house. All I had to say was, oh, dear, because I didn't get this. So... (laughs) You're a menace. What did you think of Mr. Um, Reynolds' house? This sketch, can I just be candid? This sketch sucked. Like it okay. Now sucked doesn't mean I didn't find places to laugh, but like I felt like the um who talks about the game a lot? Sean, I feel like Sean, when he comes on, he talks about the game of the sketch a lot, or I don't know if Rich does that too. But like the game, like finding the game of the sketch took two flipping long i was so like if this was a youtube video i would have like hit the back button or something um no don't get me wrong the uh the escalation in the last the last three bits of escalation the deer coming in the deer getting the knife and the deer pantsing funny like cool but it like it was paced much better than the first like i don't know like the first half of the sketch is megan like saying like by the way none i don't blame any of the actors i strictly blame whoever wrote this um like like saying like oh follow the arc of my finger and the whole gag is them looking out the window like like i think a bunny on top of a deer is very adorable it's actually very cute but you wasted so much time i wonder what was cut for like the first like two or three minutes of this sketch well, I, forget, forget about that because because you know no like, i can't that's was- what that's what brought it down no, but I understand that because, like, you compare it to, like, okay, what was the choice to make put this on the episode? I don't want to do that tonight, though, and I understand that you're t- completely entitled to your opinion. But, like, the, it was on the episode, so obviously there was, like, intention behind it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I just want to break down, like, what was, like, what were, like, I get it. Like, people in the chat were, like, really, like, got a couple laughs out of, like, the deer pulling Keenan's pants down. But, like, was there something here that I was missing? Because, like, I am absolutely fascinated by this sketch, which was, like, so different than anything we usually get on snl it was just like a story that like i i don't not fully was, getting it because it was bad no, john no but i i i don't i don't buy that i don't buy that like it's mm-hmm. just something gets on saturday night live and it's just like that i think there's like something i'm missing here so anthony do you have that answer for me i don't have the answer i similarly felt like the sketch was like you know we took the plane off the runway and we didn't necessarily know how to land it we're just trying to like figure it out kind of as we go 
it's weird, but like, yeah, the sketch, I just, I felt like I wasn't in on the joke. And then oddly enough, I was like, my favorite thing of this is just watching Meg Thee Stallion break during like the actual sketch. John, how do you feel about that, by the way? How do you feel when like, you know, the host comes on, like, you know, it's really funny and like, they just can't quite hold it together. So look, my, my opinion on breaking has always been this. These are my rules for breaking. I'll, I sound like rich, but these are my rules. Basically, uh, if it breaking is not funny on Saturday Night Live, trying not to break is funny. So the, if you're like really trying that. not to break, yeah, if you're trying not to break, then I think it's fine. I think in the case that was probably Meg's thing here. I think we obviously have to give some slack to the hosts who don't necessarily have a sketch background experience. So like Megan the Stallion breaking in a sketch is not like means nothing to me. But I think when it comes to cast members breaking, I think if they're trying to hold it together and they just let it out, I think that's some of the funniest moments we actually get on the show. So uh, that's sort of my two cents on it. Respect. Um, that was my feeling when it was that it was a really funny moment within it. But it was odd because I was like, that's the funniest thing to me that's happened because I don't think that I quite understand the sketch. Yes. Okay. Well, I have to watch this like two or three or four times just to get this because I, I did love one of the comments. I have to point out when I see a comment I really, really like in the chat, like we do here on the Hot Take Show, but especially this, which was, I may have lost it. I have to go back a bit, but it was from our friend Ken, who's always in our chats. And Ken said this reminded him of like an early 90s sketch. And I was like thinking about that for the last couple of minutes while we're talking. And it sort of reminded me of that vibe. I think this would be something they would more experiment with like nowhere near the last like 20 years of SNL, but like maybe before that, where they would have this like concept that is just it's so structurally different than everything that we get on the show that there is like, but usually there's a larger point there. So I just like, like I said, I really want to like get from the writers of the sketch what they were trying to get across. Cause I don't believe it was just as simple as Keenan can't see the deer and then the deer is in the house trying to stab him and pull down his pants. Like it can't be that simple. Yeah. I just look. Yeah. Sorry. That is true. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Ken. I, that's maybe what I was thinking of. There is a 1990s sketch uh, about an out of control horse that is also along these lines. And yes. Okay. So that's sort of maybe where my, my brain's at. While I stand by everything that I said, I will modify and say that the main point that bothered me was that the sketch was slow. No, I did not say the sketch wasn't funny because I said I did laugh. It's just that slow burn. I had enough time to go from like, okay, like what's going to happen to like, okay i'm just waiting to like get to the like i didn't there was a there was a momentum drop where i was not having any fun whatsoever in those like two or three minutes and i felt like okay like i'm not usually a speeded along kind of guy like if it's funny i don't care but like i just i lo- i wasn't i wasn't there with them where they were trying to be yeah that's fair Okay, let's head over to Girl Talk. And we have uh, Keenan as uh, DJ Willie. Did anybody else think it was weird that he was DJ Willie, considering his character Willie from Update? That was always like a big Keenan character. Okay, no, oh, that's just me. Um, we have Ego as um, Monique, Monique, uh, is it Monique Money, Monique Problems? We have Megan as Stacy, Punky as Kim. And then Andrew comes in with the button as Paul, where because he thought that anybody could come on. So let's talk about Girl Talk. Anthony, what do you think of this talk show? I'm going to again say this one wasn't for me. Again, love the representation of having, you know, all of the women on at the same time for that at the very top of it. That was, you know, just great for the representation and for the visual of it. Didn't really laugh throughout. Um, I did like Andrew Dismukes' button at the very end of it. Like, you know, I smiled at that. I thought that that was a cool moment. But overall, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, a smile and watch along sketch for me. Not really something that, you know, stuck with me. Yeah, TJ, what do you think of this? Obviously, we got the whole part where they are saying girl, but at the same time, we get the subtitles of what they really mean there. Did that work for you? 
It's 110% work for me. Like, this is where the momentum picked up. Well, the now, the now I'm brought did it too. Like, I really like that. But this, for the, re- like, for the rest of the episode, I was like, I was here with like the show. It was like, like, I'm right here. I'm putting in my eyes. I can't do it right. Anyways, the, uh, so this is the thing. I, I don't, I don't think this is a cultural thing. I think it's the thing people do. Like, I, this is why I would love, like, I do this exact same thing with like a one word expression, but I do it with the N word. I do it with the N word all the time where like the N word or the the F word, all, the F word uh, has is a great use of this too, where just how you enunciate it and how you say it with that, just saying the one word can say so many things. And I think like using that as the basis for the sketch for me is why I really cracked up because just the simple girl or the girl. Like there's just like there's just so much story and just like that one word like if I'm gonna say nigga like it like it, there's just so much like in there that like for me I I really like bond with that like and so um, I don't know like I think it was fun and then you turn the game on its head because it's not like a gender thing it's just like a a way it's a communication thing it's to have like Dismukes do the same thing like John I tried to do it to you before the show where I just like bro like. Come on, you mean to tell me that like 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 uh, you've never said that to another man and like you've gotten the message of what he's trying to say? Like that is such like a wonderful communication thing. I I want I wonder if it's like an American vernacular thing too. You know, like it's a, like it's a thing Americans do. I don't know. Is it does it happen in like you know Europe or like other countries? But like that feels so like just like a like a I don't know. I just I, I love it from the communication standpoint. Communication standpoint, and it just it cracked me up. I laughed very very hard at this and also the subtitles about like what's going on in the ukraine situation where it's like that was it, very weird it takes up the screen with one world i i i was delighted by the sketch and it cracked me up yeah so there was also the moment in this sketch where live where keenan i believe had his microphone still on and was talking backstage and i think that affected the end of the sketch so i have to imagine yeah everyone's talking in the chat about the hot mic so i think that um yeah hot mic hot mic um i think that the the dress rehearsal version will probably end up online Uh, anthony what do you think of girl talk anything anything on this Nothing else additional, but I was going to bring up the the off, like, you know, camera hearing Keenan talk. I wasn't okay, sure good. what it was yeah. that I heard. Uh, so, yeah, that was the only thing I wanted to add in. But good after everybody in the comments, though, on that end. Yeah, for sure. I also felt like I don't know if this is like a weird comparison, I, like for anyone in the chat who would be who know this, but I felt like Ego was sort of dressed like Pat Stevens, the uh, Nora Dunn character, very similar like look that she had for this sketch, which was a recurring sketch we got in the late 80s. Okay, um, so we get, yeah, go ahead, TJ. Did anyone for a second think during the commercials when they did, you know, well, sometimes they'll show the set and they'll do a little zoom out. Did anybody th- for a second, like they had one right before this where like it zooms in, it's zoomed in on Ego and they zoom out to show a talk show set. It's very clearly that. And like, did anyone for a split second think, are they doing Dion Warwick again? I like, thought it was very top. I thought it was yeah. Dion Warwick. Yeah, and it, it clearly it's not because she's not dressed as like Dion. But I was like, oh, like for a, like a split second, I was like, oh, where, where, if that was the sketch, what would you do? Like, you kind of had this finale if you have the real Dion Warwick on. Like, could could you go further? But you know, it's an alternate reality, for sure. 
All right, let's talk about the back-to-back Please Don't Destroy. So last week we had the Please Don't Destroy where they are college students with Brendan Gleeson. And this time we have Wellness where PDD is back in the office. So that was the big question mark coming into the season was would they be in or out? Seems like we're going to get a mix of both at least so far. And they're talking about wellness tips that they are working on to try and get better and better and healthier. Uh, ben talks about his screen time. Now he's on the phone for 23 hours a day and, and also grinding his teeth. John talks about intermittent fast. Martin talks about the smoothies and seeing a therapist who uh, appears in the sketch. So, TJ, what do you think of the wellness pre-tape we got from Please Don't Destroy? Well, I had a question for you guys. You know, I, I've never smoked actually a day in my life, and, and that, that's that's the truth. But I'm just wondering, is is cigarette fitness, is that something, is that a new craze that's going on? Should uh, uh, I, I don't smoke that? cigarettes either, so I have no idea. Maybe I'll do it. Yeah, you know, oh, okay, maybe somebody okay. from the chat will be able to help us out with that. Just just one note: if if it's the new thing, you know, there's always fitness craze. You know, is it like, uh, you know, Anthony, you're in LA. Like, is that uh, is is that what's what's hot in the streets? Pilates, I think, is still like kind of mm. number one. I've heard nothing about cigarette fitness. No, no cigarette. This is not Pilates and cigarettes. It's not. Uh, nah. Okay. nah. Oh, okay. No, this this is. I I think the thing that works with PDD is. And this is also, I don't know if this is just like a note-taking thing. Yes, Andrew Dick, I take notes too. I don't know if this is, <laughs> that dro- that drove me crazy when I heard that last week. Sorry. But the PDD sketch, I still think of uh, like their little nuggets from sketches, specifically uh, the men's jackets from the first one. So there's something about cigarette fitness or those literal, cringeworthy, hor- and not in a fun way, horrifying baby teeth. I need to get that image out of my head. Like the baby teeth picture like that. I don't do horror and I don't do grotesque stuff. That was gross, but it was really funny. So like, I feel like PDD is really great. And, and they're so, it's so quick. It's so snappy at like, just like those very like fast jokes. I don't know. And just usually just only a few words too. I feel like they're really solid at that. So I thought this was a fun sketch. Surprising is he making it, but it's it's really weird how they choose which hosts to involve and which they don't, and if a cast member's in it or it's not going to be. It's there's no it's no rhyme or reason to it. But well, you know. I, I think that the technical reason for something like that is that Meg was in the two other pre tapes that we got to see tonight, the Chili Women one and the uh, uh, the music video that we got. So I don't think she would have actually had time to film all three pre tapes during the week while also doing all the sketches. So typically, you will never see like a host in three pre tapes. That would be pretty rare. That leaves that leaves me to ask you a question, John. Uh, do you know has there ever been a, a host that is like a double duty host that is also done Weekend Update and Cold Open ever happened? I'm just, I, I don't want to like be burned at the stake, but I'm pretty sure Timberlake did that once. Uh, so okay. I was wondering, yeah, has that ever been somebody yeah, who, I'm like, pretty sure like he, he did that, but yeah, it's very, it's very, very rare. So I am, um, I would have to go back and, and take a look. Maybe somebody in the chat knows, uh, again, uh, somebody says Olivia Newton-John. So that's, that's an interesting question. So yeah, we'll have oh, to wow. go back and, and check that out. Anthony, what do you think of the please don't destroy pre-tape? This was my favorite, uh, sketch of the night. Uh, okay. This one had me dying. Uh, the pacing of it, I think, uh, and TJ kind of like touched on it. As soon as like you know the first joke is kind of landed and like you know like you caught it and you start to laugh at it, the next one's coming right up. I love when the pacing is like that of just like rapid fire of like I'm gonna say something crazy, crazy visual side gag of seeing the teeth that are completely grinded up, crazy side gag of seeing 23 and a half hours of screen time on an iPhone, like one thing after another after another. Uh, that's very much my brand of humor. And also, like, it just felt very timely of, like, you know, we're all trying to, like, do so many great things for each other and, like, you know, for ourselves. And it's like, how can you do that when you're dealing with, like, traumatic event after traumatic event after traumatic event? Like, we're all trash right now. We're all the worst versions of ourselves. We have never been 
lower on the totem pole as far as like where human beings have operated from. And this to me was just like spot on for how I've been feeling about life, work, everything. Uh, I loved this sketch. Yeah, and our, our friend and historian Bill in the chat says uh, Paul Simon as uh, is, is one of well, so that that is a good a good footnote. Yeah, look for me. Look, I'm always happy to get PDD. I always think there's a baseline of like general good when we get Please Don't Destroy on our screens, but I much prefer Please Don't Destroy out of the office. Like I I think I feel even more confident after this. Now I just think that like. I don't know that this was so different than the other in the office stuff where there's cutting and back and forth. And like, if you like it, it's good, I guess. And like, it's another one to add to the list of the, you know, please don't destroy shorts. But like, I, I think like they've grown like past just the three of them in a sense of like just going the cuts back and forth. And I, I really, really like, you know, I feel like the show is investing in them. So like, I want to see like, different things that are like slightly more creative i have to wonder like when this one was actually filmed actually like was this filmed and then put in the can for like when they needed it on a certain week or was that filmed this week because they obviously had that like higher budget thing last week but for me yeah i think that i am uh solidly in the camp of out of the office for pdd at this point but i guess we'll see okay Megan gets introduced tonight. Uh, one of the big trivia questions going into this week was who's gonna, who was going to introduce Megan the Stallion. And we had Bowen Yang and Keenan Thompson introduce her for Anxiety, NDA, and Plan B. So TJ, I'll just go to you quickly. Enjoy the music tonight. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I was much better fan of the second performance, if I'm being honest. This is a problem I also had with Meg's first appearance on the show when she did, uh, I think it was Chris Rock in the pandemic. Because I love Megan's, Megan's music, but... I don't know if this is a thing with like when rappers come on, like I Kendrick Lamar, I didn't feel like it was this when Kendrick goes on, but like Lil Nas X had this a little bit too. And you know how much I love him. There's something about like the backing track. And I know that you have to do it. I get it. But you have these live performers who are not always going to follow on with the backing track, which is fine. And so I'm like, are they lip syncing? Are they not? And it takes me out of the performance so much. Cause I'm like, if I wanted to hear this, I would just listen to it, the song, but like, I think Lizzo's a great example of somebody who like does sometimes like kind of like, you know, won't say something when the backing track is going on, but we'll still, you can tell it's like her performing or I don't know, like I don't even know if Miley uses a backing track actually might, but just that it, the, for the first song, it was so much more like blatantly obvious to me in which the blade, the backing track is there. It just, I did not enjoy that first one, but I really liked the second one. Also, I don't know any other nerds in the audience. Well, everyone that's watching the show is a nerd. Um, but uh, did anyone else feel like the second song had like an anime music opening or closing feel? Like not, not a guitar solo, but that, like that rock feel felt very anime to me a little bit. I really, no, no, that's a big thing Meg's into. So I don't know if anyone else found that, seemed that, saw that as a little musical homage that they might have been doing. I did not notice that, but if anyone in the chat did, definitely let me know. Anthony, anything you wanted to say about the music tonight we got? Uh, I thought the music was solid. Um, TJ brought up uh, Meg Thee Stallion's performance during the Chris Rock hosted episode. I thought that one was super powerful. And, you know, at the time she was kind of going through everything that she's dealing with now legally. I think that having that in the back of my mind detracted from what I got to see tonight because of, like, you know, how amped up and how high that one was. Uh, but I did enjoy hearing Plan B later on. I love that song. Awesome. Okay, let's head over to weekend updates where we get two different sets of correspondence come on. And first up, we get the pairing of Chloe Feynman and Heidi Gardner on Weekend Update, which was very fun. It's actually the first time we've seen Heidi Gardner on Weekend Update since she did that Kelly party back in the uh, Kim Kardashian episode. So that's a uh, 
Yeah, that's going back all the way. The, I love it, uh, that girl. So that's kind of going back to basically the beginning of last season. Uh, last time we saw Chloe on was as Elmo during the Ariana DeBose episode. And they play two, I, I believe, suburban moms, as they were described, uh, Debbie Hole and Stacey Bussey coming in. So, TJ, what did you think of this? No, you got to say it right. It's because it's it's similar to Edith Puthy. Um, you got to say it's <laughs> Stacy Bussy, which okay. is one of the funniest SNL names I have ever heard. Bussy, I'm not going to describe what it is. Just look it up Urban, Urban Dictionary. You should, probably should know. If you're a little Nas X phone fan, you definitely know. But Bussy is, I'm sorry, just, just that alone and Shake cracking up at it killed me. But given that, like, I recruited Heidi for our, uh, what is it, for our cash draft. And Devin was on update as well. I'm feeling pretty good about how my numbers are going to be looking for this uh, this draft for this episode, sir. Um, so that's thing one. But, like, I don't know if we had ever seen Heidi and Chloe in the pairings that we saw them in today with that and with the uh, with the workout. But, like, good God. Who knew? It was fantastic. Like, when Chloe is possessed and, like, Heidi's trying to, like, exercise her. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, um, like I laugh at the show when I crack up. And sometimes when you watch a lot of comedy, you guys probably get this too. Sometimes there's comedy where you're, you're like, oh, that is funny. And you don't really laugh, but you kind of like nod. Then there's things that do get like a reaction out of you. And then there's like the uncontrollable laughter, which I feel like is rare. And it's, it feels very good when it hits. And, um, I got that because I recently saw a Stuart Smalley sketch for the first time today. I don't want to hear it. And I don't want to hear it from any of the listeners, but I cracked up at that. And then when, Chloe did the um the like the the the, the tongue thing. Ah, I could not control myself, and I was like, "Oh shoot, I'm gonna wake up my new neighbors because I, I just moved into this place this week." I laughed so hard, and as somebody who grew up Christian and like used to like practice that and stuff, and was a member, like I wasn't allowed to watch like Harry Potter, wasn't allowed to celebrate Halloween as a kid because my mom was, and I love my mom very much. She's even been on my podcast. When I'm the only one who can say stuff about her. But like my mom used to be very much like the whole like, oh, they say that's satanic or oh, that's demonic. I don't know if anyone else grew up Christian to dealt with this too, but like the Heidi saying that's demonic thing hit me in my core because like that is such like a Christian parent thing to do. I think it's uh maybe like evangelicals do it a lot, but like this killed me. Like, and not in just like, oh, I really enjoyed it. No, I could not control how hard I was laughing at like Heidi trying to control Chloe. This was joyous and wonderful. Yeah. I think this is the moment where we can look back at this, uh, which, which I thought it was, I thought they were great together. This is the moment where we can look back in the last couple of seasons of us doing podcasts, talking about like the lost era of like things we wish we would have seen had people left earlier on. And like, it's the pairings of people like Heidi and Chloe together where we could get them on update together, as opposed to another Kate and 80 thing potentially that is like, okay, this is the type of stuff we were missing, which is like fun. And they clearly work so well together and like love working together. It radiates off the screen. I really enjoyed this. Anthony, what do you think? I enjoyed this one a lot. I love the pairing. I hope the pairing comes back. I don't want to be too repetitive over everything that TJ said, but he really hit a lot of the points that I was going to bring up too. But I think that, you know, this is just such a fitting uh, opportunity to kind of plug them in for future episodes. We're going to see Karens in the news for the rest of eternity. And it's like every opportunity that you get to like, you know, get them on to do something that came straight out of the headline. I think go for it. This was a lot of fun. For sure. Okay. So week number one, we had 
Mar- uh, we had uh, Michael Longfellow on Weekend Update. Week number two, we had Marcelo Hernandez. Week number three, it is Devin Walker's turn to step up to the update desk, and we get to get his first shot doing some of his stand-up at the desk. And uh, he talks about uh, being from Texas and now living in New York and seeing some of the worst things that he has ever seen in his life. We get an opportunity for him to ask the audience if he thinks that if they think that he looks like a cat caller. Uh, one of the funniest moments of the night for me was an audience member yelling, "Yeah." him and him laughing and cracking up live that was great and of course uh like some straight boy talk as well so this was this was really really funny so happy for devin so anthony what do you think about devin walker's premiere on weekend update i really really enjoyed it it's really fun seeing when the new cast members get to pop on the uh in the weekend update and really get like you know their moment to shine and you know just show off like a little bit more of their personality I loved uh, hearing the audience member yell out yes and then catching him brace. So um, I, I, and yeah, it was, it was just, it was really, really fun. And it was super endearing. That's really what you want from all of these, right? Is like, you want to feel like we're getting to know these people a little bit beyond them just like, you know, doing their characters each week. And yeah, it was great to see him in that. And I also really enjoyed the moment afterwards of seeing him daffing up Michael and Colin before he took off. No, I felt like, you know, he's here now and let's see like, you know, what he's got to bring to the table. It was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. TJ, how do you feel about Devin on Update? I really like this. And I had like very specific like little things that like I kind of picked up. For instance, one, when Devin said he was from Texas, and this question honestly is specifically for Nicole, but like did anyone else get flashbacks to when uh, Dismukes did that really fantastic piece? And he's like, so I'm from Texas? Yeah. Just yeah, silence. We were, I, I like, can tell you I was texting her and yes. That, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, great, great, great. Because yeah. I was like literal like but like Devin got cheers I I don't know like that for me like that was like a really fun um little piece look there's something here that we need to address that was in this piece and John you may be wondering what am I talking about but Devin is right actually you know Anthony I don't want to make any assumptions on you so uh but like I I can only speak for myself like Devin is right uh straight men we need better PR we do, you know, we're not doing out there. We're not doing well out here in these streets. And you know what? It's not, like, I'm glad Devin brought it to the attention. I myself am like terrified of like looking like a cat caller. Like I will cross to the other side of the street if I see like a woman. Cause I'm like, I don't want somebody to think I'm going to like rob them or whatever. And I'm a, I'm a thick boy. I'm a short King, but I'm, I'm like, I'm thick. I'm, I'm stocky. And so I'm like, Oh gosh, I hope somebody doesn't think I'm a threat. Like let them hear me talk about Pokemon or something like just like to immediately know you can let your guard down. Like I'm not, I'm not going to like whisper at somebody like, Hey, like, I'm not going to do that. But like that feeling of like wanting to not feel like a threat immediately. I'm just like, good God, I don't want somebody to think of a threat. I just want to be perceived as like an old person. I thought was funny. I will say when he said, you know, like maybe the homies need to be, but the bros need to be a bit more gay. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I have a lot of, I have a lot of like gay friends. And so, all right, I can see where some of the perspective is on this. Like, I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and I'm loving it. Three seasons in, but when he ended the ended the bit by saying like the homies need us, you need to try to kiss the homies. You know, I still got a lot of work to do. You know, this made me think about who I am as a man, and I, I still I have a lot of work to do. I don't know if I can get there, you know, because I'm straight, but like you know, I'm I'm open minded and I'm thinking about how to improve myself. So it you know it made, it made me reflect is what this piece did. Yeah. So what are y'all's trauma? <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah it's the only uh, cut we had on weekend update tonight was uh jj cut again from weekend update for the second week in a row so he's Wait, cut, second uh, week 
yeah, so uh, he was also Ooh. cut from last week's weekend update. So let's move on to our next sketch that we get. And uh, speaking of thick, let's talk about the workout class where we have Megan as the workout teacher. Uh, Chloe and Heidi are also teachers, but just in a very different way. Ego, Bowen, and Sarah are in the class, in the class, and they're basically. Uh, I-, I guess there's the difference between working out with Megan and working out with Chloe and Heidi. You get uh, different things will happen to your butts. So. TJ, how do you feel about workout class? Ask Anthony first. Okay, <laughs> Ask Anthony, him first. So I, can, I got a lot of things to say, but I want—I don't want to like overstuff Anthony. All right, Anthony, what do you think? I really enjoyed the duo again, and I really enjoyed that they were like you know willing to put themselves and like because at the end of the day, it's like it's their butt. It's not like you know like this is like prosthetic or anything. It's like they're saying like we have completely flat axes, and it was really funny that they were willing to put themselves in that situation. It was a lot of weird camera work during the sketch um, that was kind of distracting that I didn't expect. But yeah, the two of them to me saved the sketch. Overall, as a concept, I thought it was just fine. But I really do like watching when uh, the cast members are willing to throw yourselves in and like, you know, make yourself the butt end of the joke. No pun intended. But I really enjoyed and appreciated seeing them the duo pop up again and kind of doing that thing. The sketch didn't really quite land for me. But they definitely, like, you know, made it something that was, you know, a little bit funnier than I thought it could have been or thought it should have been. Yeah, puns are always intended here at the uh, at the Saturday Night Network. But yeah, we know. Uh, but TJ, what do you think of it? I meant that with love, John. I hope all the listeners know I, I only I only abuse John with love. Uh, of course. <laughs> all right. So for me, this I mean, I, I was much stronger on the sketch. This was another like just like this. The momentum was just like hitting constantly. And honestly, as somebody who, you know, is very pro big booty, um, this sketch was wonderful. And also I I have I have a homegirls that have flat asses and they and they tell me about what their life is like. And, you know, it's it's interesting with the, as they share that experience that I have no interest in to see a sketch about it. God is good. Like I just, th- this spoke to me <laughs> spiritually. I, I, when they said pancake nation, paper plate booty, tortilla booty worldwide, there were lines in this sketch that I was like, I never knew that it, it was like scripture to me. It was like, wow, this is, I could listen to this all day. And like, I just, I appreciated every bit of it. Bill mentioned what he mentioned the camera work that took me out of it too. But to be honest, can nothing take me out of a big ass. So like it didn't take me out that much. Um, <laughs> right. Look, I don't know what I'm allowed to step in and, and stop, but basically it's Megan's uh, brand. I'm not objectifying Megan. It's literally her brand. Um, no, I know. I know. And, and it's literally uh, the subject of the yeah. sketch. No, yeah, but like, I know. Oh, I, go ahead. Go mm-hmm. ahead. No, yeah, no. So like, like all that aside, like, I just, I don't know. Like I was very with the energy of what they were like talking about. And I thought it was really funny. Um, I don't know. It just, no, I do know. I just really enjoyed it. And because they were poking fun at themselves, the chemistry was solid. I thought the writing was so great. I just, I don't know. I do know. I said everything I had to say. Like, I just, I really enjoyed it because it was really fun to me. And I'm just, I'm feeling that fun energy. 
Yeah, I think this was fun too. I, I have to, I actually have to agree with everything that TJ said. So I, I really think that this this sketch was was very good. Uh, the camera work, obviously, on the live show probably took away from a lot of the lines that we got to appreciate in this. But I think that the differences between the two sets of teachers and what we were getting from Megan versus what we were getting from Chloe and Heidi would have been a lot funnier had we seen it in the pacing that was expected to be seen. So I, I would expect also that we'll get a dress rehearsal version of this somewhat online, which I think would be good for evaluating some of the timing on this tj did you not did that not come across to you whereas some of the camera cuts were a little bit off here no the camera cuts i, I caught that and it, it was incredibly distracting because like meg was just trying to like do her thing and i'm like what the hell are they doing but i'm like this is another I'm, i don't know if that's the thing that happens all the time because i don't always watch live but like no the, no definitely not in the first two episodes we haven't seen that this so far this season one other observation i had was you know, Meg had a lot of fun with like Punky and Ego very clearly in the the pre-tape, in the the girl talk in the in the hospital. But this particular sketch, but this particular sketch is one where the entire cast, every person that's speaking, is having a good time in this sketch. Definitely. And like even in just and the girl talk, it's not he's having a bad time, but like the, the there's like an like an energy uplift that's happening there with every person who's like speaking that I thought was just a really cool, especially at the end where they're punching each other in the butts and they're all like just laughing and being silly. I don't know. I, it, for me, it was just it was really wonderful. I thought it, I loved it. Okay, we have one more pre-tape that shows up and we get a pre-tape called Chili Women where we see Ego and Heidi and Chloe and Megan all talking about how this is the time of the year where they take their either their boyfriends or their ex-boyfriends, significant others, people that go on dates with. It's it's stealing the guy's sweaters time. And it is uh, very funny. Uh, Keenan is singing Hallelujah and Gangsta's Paradise a little bit. And basically, um, you know, we get to see Devin as an ex. Andrew talks about how his uh, stuff was stolen from the uh, laundromat. But uh, this was so relatable for me, guys, because I will look for a sweatshirt in my closet and my girlfriend will be wearing it. So it happens all the time where it'll be like in the laundry or on the floor because she just wore it or something like that. And yeah, I'm, I'm very, very used to this from the beginning of my relationship, knowing that uh, my sweatshirts are no longer just mine. So TJ, what do you think of this one? Uh, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm usually I'm usually pretty chill being single, but this is one of those few times I was like, you know what? I miss having my clothing stolen from me. This 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 one was a little this hit me in the heart. It was a little tender moment. This is a tight tender moment. It's very funny. The closest thing I had to it is I, I I usually keep my place a little bit colder because I like it that way. But I have fr- uh, like homegirls that will come over and I literally have extra throw blankets that I keep around just because they all like I know they're gonna say something about how cold it is and they usually will get it the minute they walk in. So I don't know. As somebody who like knows a lot of wh- wh- why are y'all cold all the time. That's not true. Not all y'all, but just. Why there's so many shivering girls? You know, one of those girls. like cranks up the thermostat before the woman. Oh, comes I keep like no, I'm I'm like I'm an unbearable person with the chilliness. Oh, granted, I did love the joke about like it's so cold here, but it's 74 degrees on the thermostat. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No, but I'm somebody who keeps it. Uh, like I used to keep my old place at like 66 degrees. Like I like it chilly. Um, I cannot handle that. Yeah. <laughs> I run uh, cold. So. I'm a, I'm a big man, John. I got a lot of I got a lot of fat to keep me warm. No, but uh, this sketch, uh, to be honest, I thought it was really funny. I love that ad where it's like the Saint Somethings or whatever for shivering girls. I thought it was like really funny. And it was also a little sweet. I was like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's time for me to get back out there. Like it, it made me re- re- rethink if I should, you know, shut down the singleness. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right. Looking, looking forward to that. So. Sorry. 
Anthony, you want to just give us your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed the PSA for St. Andrews Center for Shivering Girls. Uh, you know, I had a Bayside High hoodie that got snatched from me my senior year of college, and I think about it every day. Nah, this was fun. Okay. similar to We Got Brought. You know, it's like it was relatable. It was fun. It was quick, which I also appreciated. It didn't overstay its welcome. I love when the short is just like quick to the point. We hit all the jokes and then we move on. This one was good. This was very solid. This was one of those moments where I, I really feel like the pre-tape work that was done tonight, including the PDD, and I know I have my reservations about being back in the office, but you know, with regards to the three pre-tapes we got tonight, I think they were all extremely solid. To me, this was a pre-tape night as far as like some of the material that we got here. Okay, let's move on to our last sketch of the night. This is the Miss Fink sketch, and we get um, we get Megan and Devin and Punky as students in the class. Ego comes in as the new teacher, Miss Fink, who explains to the students, you are not dumb, you are not lost, and gives a whole speech to them. But she doesn't realize that they're actually extremely smart students who are in honors level physics. They go to STEM uh, school. There are some really funny lines back and forth between Megan and Ego in this one. And we finally culminates with Ego walking out and saying, I believe in you. And that is why I should still be paid for today. So Anthony, how do you feel about our last sketch of the night, the Miss Think sketch? I thought this one was cool. It wasn't my favorite of the night, but I did really like Ego in it. I thought that the timing of it, it could have been maybe a little bit shorter. I, it was sort of like, you know, like you knew like where the joke was going by the time, like, you know, we got to the end of it. I did really enjoy Meg Thee Stallion's, uh, my name's Amy. And then, uh, like, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Devin actually got a lot of really great clips in as well, which I enjoyed. I love seeing, again, the representation of having so many of the Black SNL cast members in so many of uh, the sketches tonight was just really fun and really great to see. So yeah, I thought this one was, it was, it was solid overall. It just wasn't my, it wasn't my favorite, but I thought that they got the timing of it pretty good. Yes, I would agree with that. The timing was really strong in this one. I think Ego was fantastic. And this is really like an Ego driven piece. So TJ, how did you feel about it? Oh, quick question. Who had Ego in the draft? Uh, I believe Ego, uh, Rebecca has Ego. Take it on the turn. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So good, great night for Rebecca, uh, clearly as well. Um, Anthony said everything that I had to say, but he actually, I wrote in all caps, my name is Amy, like in my notes, Andrew. So funny. Um, <laughs> uh, but like the only, uh, the only additional person I can, I can add without repeating what uh, Anthony said is, and by the way, Anthony, I wasn't calling you as Andrew. I was pointing out Andrew Dick. I was calling him out personally. The only other thought I had about this is it made me think after Key and Peele, how do you do a sketch about substitute teachers? That's th that's the height. Yeah, but like, they're not they're not hold like on, hold on. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing the yeah. thing. I'm doing the thing. Okay, okay, okay. How do you do a, a sketch about substitute teachers after Key and Peele? They reached a height. And then I think about uh Abbott Elementary, you know, uh with Tyler James Williams. Great. How how are you gonna he's making you know substitute teachers funny? Like, cool, but they do it for a season, whatever. What new perspective can comedy bring to the art of being a sub? And I felt like, oh, this is something I haven't seen where the kids are actually intelligent and you have that like strong substitute. Like if you have this substitute teacher when you're in like elementary school or like middle school, they put you in check. Like you remember those days when you have a sub and you could tell it was going to be like the sub that was going to let you get away with stuff and the sub that was going to be like stern taking that character and like switching it. I was like, OK, you can. You, I don't know. It just it made me reflect on like like that like how high that's like key and Bill one was and not in a comparative way well i guess i am technically but just in a way of like oh they did something new or at least to me and i really enjoyed it yeah i, I thought this was really strong and again like just 
stamps sound like a really good night for a lot of people that we didn't get to see a lot of in the last two weeks. Obviously, Ego having a piece that she could drive really, really good. And I, I did really enjoy this one. Devin also having a huge night. Punky having a bigger night. Like this was fun and great that we got to see more of these things that we didn't get to see. And now I really feel like walking out of these three weeks, we've seen everybody in something significant. And it's really strong. I'd say maybe like, yeah, I, I, I'm not even going to say anything bad. I, I, I think like everyone, we've seen something good from every single cast member so far this season. So I think I feel really good about the variety that's happened so far this season. TJ, you want to jump in? It, it, well, it makes me wonder a question. This might be something I, you might want to think about for roundtable for patron feedback, but it makes yeah. me wonder, statistically speaking, what were the numbers like? Oh, this is for by the numbers, duh. It's definitely what for by the, the numbers. Yeah, yeah. What were the numbers like for like Chloe and Bowen? And then what was it like for like Andrew and Punky? And then what was it like for uh, Sarah? Like the, the newbies the past three years compared to like those first three episodes? Like what? It feels like the newbies are getting a lot of airtime, which is fantastic. And, you know, it's because the class isn't exploded. But I'm just wondering, you know, are the newbies in this? past three episodes had they gotten more airtime than like you know what our newbies of the past three years had gotten and it feels like it but like that's something again i'm not gonna ask mike murray to do that because that's super specific but like well he might might already have some of the data he might already have they do they do so on the previous by the numbers this past week they actually covered the first two episodes and talked about something very similar like that so they can Mm -hmm. they can easily talk about that so let's put a pin in that uh maybe they'll discuss that on wednesday all right so that is our sketch by sketch for the megan the stallion episode right now we're gonna get our ratings out of 10 for the night from our panel and from the chat so chat please put them in there and i will bring them up so anthony let me start with you on this one what is your rating out of 10 for the night i give this episode a six out of ten um to me if you are a meg the stallion fan uh if you run a meg the stallion fan instagram account you are uh, somehow lived under a rock and just don't have a familiarity with meg the stallion this would be a great episode. Just like, you know, get a vibe for who she is. All of those things feel really, really great about it. Her team should be super happy about it. She should as well. I think that she came on, was collaborative, and it was fun overall. But I think that if you remove her from the equation, it's just not a super uh, rewatchable episode. There just aren't a lot of moments in there that I'm going to be quoting, thinking back to, or even like really referencing. But I think that she did show up and do what she was supposed to do as a host. And if you're a fan of hers, then she gave you exactly what you wanted. TJ, how about you? You know, I'm going to, like, well, yeah, like, I'm just going to amplify kind of what, like, Anthony just said, like, as a Megan Thee Stallion fan. On, uh, I was, if this episode wasn't, uh, sorry, what, I'm sorry, an ad for Candace Owens just showed up on my computer for some reason. Um, yeah, no, yeah, sorry, just, it was, like, so out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, as a Megan Thee Stallion fan, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. If it wasn't for this, like, weaker first half, this would have been a not first at first like third this episode in that latter like two-thirds is damn near perfect for me which is fine not everything's gonna be perfect but like it was very close to like i don't know like a lot of that stuff in the back half like i was very close to giving it a nine out of ten but then i remembered i wasn't having as much fun in the first half of this episode the first third of the episode um so i was saying about eight out of ten. Eight. Oh oh wait what is a nicole number i'll give it like an 8.369 out of ten yeah, I think I'm going to go somewhere closer to a 
five out of 10 for this episode. And that I, I didn't, I didn't really like dislike it by any means, but I do think that like, I'm, I'm, you know, right now we're talking about the live version of what we just saw, everything that's canon on the episode. I do think that some of the directing stuff, though, I don't blame the directors who have a very hard job and the camera people and stuff like too. I know that things happen when they're live, but like, I do think just evaluating some of the overall enjoyment of some of the things were taken away from some of the better parts of the evening. Uh, pre-tapes themselves, definitely for me, the pre-tapes were probably closer, especially those two, the chilly women and the, uh, she got brought or they got brought uh was uh for me the probably like eight or nines but i think that some of the live sketches tonight didn't necessarily always hit for me and i don't think that's megan the stallion's fault at all i think that it was exactly like you know like like anthony said this was totally written for her and her vibe and the people that love megan the stallion and i'm a fan i really really like her but i just you know like as far as like snl sketch snl structures in comparison to some of the other episodes we have don't know that this was the strongest one that we've gotten i would probably say you know, I have Miles Teller and Brennan Gleason's episodes above this one, but you know, when we, you know, we were going to move on to uh, TJ, we're going to move on to the, to talking about this episode more this week. And then we'll head towards a week off. And then Jack Harlow's episode coming up the first time we've ever in the history of Saturday Live had back-to-back double duty hosts. So that will be very exciting to talk about that episode. So let, let's talk about what is coming up here at the Saturday night network for this week. So in case you don't know, we have a ton of coverage every single week for the episodes and every episode really just, that we do here on the podcast is a little bit different, a little bit ways, different ways to tackle all of those, ep- all of the different ways that we look at the episode. So let me bring up our schedule here. That's what I was, uh, that's what I was looking for. There you go. Let me bring up our schedule for the week here. And on Monday, we have our roundtable where we will be here with some experts to break down the episodes. We'll talk about the sketches that we want to talk about. That's a really fun show that we do every single Monday night. And like TJ said, we will have some women on the panel with us to talk through this female-centric episode on Monday night. <laughs> On Wednesday, we will have our By the Numbers show. So Mike and Nicole will be back for that to talk about the screen time analytics and all other metrics for this episode and for the first three episodes of the show. On Thursday, we'll be back for our Q&A with our patrons while we answer questions from the previous week and look forward to the next. And then the following Monday, we'll have our first in-season superfan takeover of the season where the superfans will be here to talk about the greatest rookie moments in the history of the show, considering we had a lot of strong rookie moments for the start of season 48. Look forward to hearing their thoughts on the greatest rookie moments ever. So that'll be October 24th. And of course, we will be back here in two weeks time for our Jack Harlow hot take show. Okay, TJ, where can the listeners check out everything you got going on? Quick question for you before I do that. Who made that graphic that you just put up? Uh, That would be our intern known as Curly Joe, who is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Is that the first time you guys have done one of those? Yeah, we're going to post that on. We're going to post on Instagram on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd look for the looks really good. Sorry, just a compliment to your intern. That looks really great. Um, yeah, he's awesome. I, well, it's because, as you might know me, that you can find me on Instagram and TikTok as King Compliment. I also, I, uh, I host a Poke- po- <laughs> Pokemon. Sorry. I host a podcast called Rabbit Trail. Uh, it's a 15-ish minute podcast. I've had wonderful friends from the SNL Network on it. John has been on it. Nicole has been on it. Rebecca North most recently was on it talking about Bo Burnham. Sean Grant has been on it. Our favorite listener ever, Manette. Sorry, not our. My favorite listener, Manette, was on it. You know, just uh, this past week, we did an episode on like with the sign, basically talking about like what's your best day? Like what would your best day look like? And the host kind of talk about like what their best day is looking like in coming up next week, we're going to do pet peeves and then we're going to be doing first impressions. Uh, we will be having Rebecca and Nicole back uh, doing a couple individual uh, episodes. Um, and you can find the show. It's called rabbit trail. That's R A B I D 
on uh, at we are Brett. You can. <laughs> I am all over the place. I'm I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's two thirty in the morning, man. You, you got I, thank you. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, you can find the podcast Rabbit Trail. That's R A B I D at we are Rabbit Trail on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and thanks awesome. for having me on. John. Of course. Always a pleasure to get to hear from you, TJ. Looking forward to having you back on all throughout season 48. And my man, Air Conway, thank you for joining us tonight. Where can the listeners Absolutely. check out everything you got going on? At Air Conway at Instagram is the best way to tap in with me and check out what I have going on in my world, man. Check me out there. Awesome. Awesome. Great to cover SNL with you again this season, Anthony. And you can always find out everything we are doing at the SNL Network on all of our social platforms. Find me at John Schneider 24 to talk about the season. So thrilled about the start of season 48 with these first three episodes. Very excited for what's to come. We got a bunch more to talk about throughout the fall and then into the spring. So uh, very excited about everything we're doing. And I want to thank all of our followers, all the people who love to listen to the show for joining us on Saturday nights. It's nice to see that you came back to us for the hot take shows for season 48 so i appreciate all of you very much okay for tj for anthony for everybody in the chat my name is john schneider from saturday night network we will see you next time